The Michael K Show. If these guys don't get back, you are going to lose games against under 500 teams. And you're going to lose games against better teams. You just are. As great as Jalen Brunson is, he can't do this himself. He He just can't. No way. I mean, the fact of the matter is, if you can't get these guys back, at least a solid portion, Michael, you could just end up as basically playing as bad as these teams that you think you should be beating. It becomes an impossible task. They're not the Knicks. You need at least Brunson and Hartenstein and DiVincenzo, right? You need some combination of power. They can't do it without basically any of them or Brunson alone and expect to win any games. The Michael K Show on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to the show. Let's pick up where we left off. So the Yankees got Juan Soto. And to me, other than the Dodgers getting Otani and Yamamoto, it's the most significant addition that any team made during the offseason. And they gave up Kyle Higashioka, who, one of my favorite people in the Yankee clubhouse, was not making the team this year. You've got Trevino back from the surgery and Austin Wells. And then Ben Rortfett. Kyle was not making the team. You gave up Drew Thorpe, highly thought of young player, and then two rele- two pitchers that got in games last year that are probably at best four or five starters. So the thing that hurt is Thorpe and King. That's it. Now, the the risk, if you want to call it a risk, is that you, you keep Soto for one year. That's it. That's the only risk. Well, that's not the only risk. What's the, what's the other risk? That the players that you gave up could turn out to be stars. You look at them as fourth or fifth starters. What if they turn out to be this era's, you know, Jose Rejo or, or Doug Drabeck or um, Jay Buhner? You know, whatever. I'm just saying that, that well, that's the, also the part of any that, risk when you make a trade. The only one, but, but you, you're bringing in one of the greatest players of all sure. time. For one year. Right. And not but, to sell okay, tickets. So, uh, not let's to say doing... Michael King is that guy that becomes great. Right. He's a free agent after 2025. He has two years left. Also has an unresolved elbow issue, so every single pitch you hold your breath. I love the guy. That was the one that hurt the most to give up. Drew Thorpe could end up being a really good pitcher. The the best thing that I hear, he might project to be a three. So you wouldn't give up a three, and a guy has two years of of um, options remaining or two years of uh, control remaining for Juan Soto, even for one year. Well, we're arguing two different things. I don't yes. know what we're arguing no, about. Because what, 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 what you're arguing is, is it worth the risk? And I am and I agree with you. I would make the deal, too. I'm not arguing with you that they made a mistake making the deal. You're, argue, you're defending the deal. That's not my argument. My argument is that if he ends up signing someplace else, there are circumstances where that deal is going to look bad. That, and it's going to hurt the Yankees. I understand the distinction now. That is, that is a worthwhile distinction. He's not saying they shouldn't have done it. He's saying that, let's say, Soto's pretty good. They don't win a world championship. Maybe he's even great, but they don't win it, and then he goes elsewhere, and then the players they gave up turn out to be studs. You might still agree, Michael, that they should have done it, but you'd have to acknowledge it didn't work out the way you'd want. And it hurt. I'm saying it just you, you can't make a deal with risk and, and, and at the well, back end of it say that, well, I, I don't feel anything. It's, it's but no you, big deal. You, you also can't get Juan Soto without giving up something for right. him. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, other than winning a World Series, even if they get to the World Series and they lose and they lose him to Steve Cohen and the Mets, it's going to sting. 
but you do it a hundred out of a hundred times. All right, good. But, to but get him back, for one year, right? You're back to arguing the the yeah. You make the deal, but there there could be pain from making this deal. It could really stink. Yeah, but is my I, point I, of knowing all the players? To me, the only one that has a possibility of sting is King. Um, and it would it would obviously not be a good optic. We use that word a lot. If he has a great year with the Yankees, win the American League MVP, and then goes to the Mets, yeah, what can you do? Now he, I mean, he's got Scott Boris as his agent. You go in with your eyes wide open when you make a deal yeah. like that, but you make it and you make it and you make it because you're getting Juan Soto, even if it's for a year. And even if those guys turn out to be great players, you do it. I mean, the Doug Drabeck deal was terrible for the Yankees. They didn't get anything. They didn't get anything. But right. one thing about the Yankee deals, you know, a lot of these deals have blown up in their face. Nobody's come back to hurt them. Nobody's become a huge star. The only risk in this is you keep Soto for one year and he signs yeah. across the town. And, and but, but even if he signs across the town, he could have done that anyway. Right? But, so, if he, but, but he... Without ever having worn a Yankee uniform, it wouldn't sting as much. Right. It just, it just. I'm just saying that there could be there could be hurt. But you're right. Of course, it's worth it. You're going for it. it puts a lot of pressure on going for it. And and your window of success. Although I I can't sit there. Even if even if all those guys become stars and Soto doesn't resign, if you go to a World Series, I, I'm sorry. Even for the New York Yankees, Michael, because they haven't gone to a World Series since 2009. I mean, they, they got to make the playoffs this year after not I, making I know. it last year. Right, I, exactly. Now, making the playoffs is a wild card, you know, or winning 110 games and getting bounced early. I mean, if this team made it to the World Series, I I can't speak for Yankee fans, but it, that, that's a heck of a season, all right? But if they, for some, if he's injured or he underachieves and this team doesn't make the playoffs, that that's that's going to stink. You know, that that's, that's going to hurt. Now, whether that means you wouldn't go back and make the deal, I don't know. Michael, is it possible that you, uh, how it ages if you don't make the playoffs and Soto has a pedestrian season and King turns out to be an absolute stud, there won't be people who say, "Man, we probably shouldn't have made that deal." Of course, of absolutely, because of you course. could because you could have waited, you know, and, and and take your chances of all right, let's go for it this year without Soto, and then just let's get in to the free agency at the end of the year and not have to give up anybody. I mean, every every trade's a risk, Michael, but you have to realize that every trade that you make that there's the possibility that it won't age well that it will not look good and this now, one well, can certainly set up that way when you have all your eggs in you made this deal to win a championship and not everybody can win a championship now now one thing that I do fight back on there's a, a segment of the baseball population that go well it's a smart deal for the Yankees to get him because he could end up falling in love with the Yankees over that year. And I call complete nonsense on that. Yes. Let's say every day he walked into Yankee Stadium, he walked over a bed of Skittles, and there were beautiful angels in the air. And he hit 75 home runs and hit 350. Yankees won a World Series, and he was the toast wow. of the town. And they went down the Canyon of Heroes. Wow. He's represented by Scott Boris. None of that will matter. None of it will matter. He will go to the highest bidder next year. If the Yankees want to keep him, it'll be the highest bidder that gets him. And no matter how good the experience is last year, this year, it doesn't mean anything. I don't buy into that at all. Uh, Not when you have Scott Boris as your agent. I don't, but could it work the other way, where the experience is really not good? 
I for guess good. But even if the experience is terrible, Don, and the Yankees offer him fifty million a year, he'll sign here. I see that. I don't. That I don't know. I know Scott Boris goes out, but if and listen, I I think everybody knows you go to the New York Yankees, you're going to get treated very well. All right, right. there's there's nothing wrong with being a, a New York Yankee. I think everybody would sign up for the opportunity to play for a, a classy organization like the Yankees. So I don't think there's anything you need to know other than living in New York and, and the experience and maybe the pressure and the media. There's some things that maybe you want to get a feel for. So what happens, Michael, if he's here for a year and he's like, I just don't like it here. I love the Yankees. I love the way I'm treated. But, you know, New York's just not for me. I, I, you don't think he could go to Boris and say, listen, get as much as you can. But if the Yankees have the highest offer, I'm going to say no. I don't, I, I don't see it. Because, because I know what you're saying. Now, if it's ten million dollars like more a year, day he went to Yankee Stadium. He got mugged every day coming in, and his car um, got flat tires in the FDR every, every day. day. Wow. And they offered him five hundred million for ten years, and the next highest offer was four hundred fifty million for ten years. He's going to take the muggings and the flat tires. But you can't say that with any certainty. No, no, none of us can say anything. I'm right, just, I'm just I'm saying to leave I, the room I, on Boris' clients. You know, you know, Boris I, took a discount just now by signing Altuve to his extension. Because Altuve said, I'm staying here in Houston no uh, matter what. But if at the end of the day, don't you have a say? He, it's, uh, I look it up, doesn't happen very often, It Don. doesn't happen very often, but, but I'm just... I, I, I get what you're saying because Boris... But I, if I don't like it somewhere, you know, $50 million over 10 years when we're talking that kind of money... I, and, he, I, and I don't he, like it in New York. I don't like the media, I, or I like the other place. Listen, uh, Judge took less to stay in New York because he really loved it in New York. So you're telling me if Boris was his client, he wouldn't be a Yankee? I think Boris would have kept nudging him to get more. But he's, a, he's his own person. I think Juan Soto's his own person. But, Boris gave me the best Soto contract possible. But don't make it Juan, seem like these players don't have a say. He, he loved Washington, D.C. He loved playing for the Nationals. They offered him over $400 million. He said No. That was three years ago. He said no. So, again, most of the time when you hire Scott Boris, there's a reason you hired him. You're getting the last cent. Right, but you're also driving the price up. Right. Where other agents, So, yeah, he might take less to go someplace else, but it's still maybe more than maybe any other agent could have gotten him. Yeah. You know, so it's still a lot of money. At least you're probably right at the end of the day. I don't know him. You don't know him. You know, but I just think that we make it seem like these agents work, that you work for the agent. It's the other way around. Yeah. We, you know, so we know that literally that's the case, but most people think the, they work for the agents. But that shouldn't be the case. And listen, I don't see why he wouldn't like it here unless for just whatever reason it was a bad juju while he was here and just didn't feel comfortable or maybe the media was too much or the fans got it. What I don't know. I, I love New York. I, I, I can't imagine I would want to play anyplace else. I mean, I can't put myself in his shoes, but I, I find New York to be great. But some guys don't. Well, well, so is he going to is, about- is he going to grin, grin and bear it and grit and bear and just go out or is or is he going to be like ah listen I'll go sign someplace else yeah to be a little bit less but still a ton of money and I'd be happier but sorry if you Scott don't, if you don't think that Scott Boris plays a huge role in where a guy ends up there are four great players that still don't have a job well I, I, I and, and 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 one of them Blake Snell was. Our- $150 million for five years by the Yankees and turned it then, down. Then these then there's something wrong with these guys. I mean, I mean, Peter, we can't put our wrap our mind around the money and what it is to be a professional ball player. But but we do have agents and we do negotiate contracts and we do look for work. 
Can you imagine an agent putting pressure on us to do something we don't want to do? Well, and and if a, that happened, that's on me. Like if if Russ so different, it's just so it's so different when when you have players. It's not like they're wondering if they can get a job. You know, we we have to deal with the like, oh, I hope someone but, wants us and we'll be able to make a living. That's not the but, case here. You're literally but, just picking the best financial situation you want. But if I'm Blake Snell and and it's it's February 13th and I don't have a job yet. And I've turned down unbelievable money. Uh, at what point were we like, Scott, man, I got to play. What are we doing I, here? I got to tell that, you one thing about those four players, and I really I really firmly believe this. Listen, Bellinger could hang out and, and not get signed for a while, and he'll be fine because that's a position player. Same thing with, with, with Chapman. If I'm a baseball team and I have interest in Snell and Montgomery, it's going to cost a lot of money to get either of them. And if this goes on for another two weeks, I'm going to pull a Don. I'm good. I'm not bringing in a pitcher two weeks after pitchers and catchers report. Because you know what's going to happen? They're either going to get hurt because they're going to rush to get back before the opener. Or they're going to miss April. They're going to miss a sixth of their first season. We saw what happened last year with Carlos Rodon. When you miss the beginning of a season when you're a free agent, you try to make up for it all the way. Yeah. I cannot believe that they are keeping those two players out of a, of a team. And, and pitchers need the time. I, the reason spring training is as long as it is, is simply because of pitching. And if you're a starting pitcher, I don't care how much you prepare outside and how much you throw outside, you are not getting ready for the season until you step onto a complex. Right. And if I'm a team, there is no way I am taking Snell or Montgomery if it's two weeks from now because that's going to screw up their whole season. It just is. So I don't know what Scott's thinking. And you guys know the incredible respect that for Scott yeah. Boris. He always has a plan. But with pitchers, you're really pushing the envelope. You could keep Bryce Harper out until the end of February. Doesn't matter. That's a position player. They could get ready in three weeks. Pitchers can't. So I, Snell and Montgomery are only hurting themselves by waiting this long. No, they just there are, are. There are a lot of people that are listening to this program right now that have to make their decisions solely based on money because that's how they have to live. But if you're in our situation or you're a professional athlete where you have you have a ton of money, you're not concerned about it. If you make a decision solely for the money at that level, it's a mistake. You are making a mistake. You've got to look deeper into it, man. You have to. Some people don't can't afford to do that. They need the money. But when we get to a level as a professional athlete where, come on, you don't need the money. It's all just about um, your ego, and it's about getting everything that you can. If you're only making that decision, going to a team that's dysfunctional, going to a city that you don't like because it's going to get you the most money, I'm telling you, it's a mistake. It won't feel like one at the time, but believe me, in the midst of that contract, you look around and go, oh, my God, what did I do? You've got to be able to factor in other things than the finances. That's the one great luxury of being rich and being a professional athlete that you don't have to make it all about the money and of those four guys that boris has right and um he also has one other pitcher that's not at that level but of those four guys other than montgomery right Mm -hmm. every one of them has significant warts in their game so you can't ask for top dollar like an aaron judge can well i mean other than uh, uh, getting hurt well there's no negative in aaron judge's game uh, Garrett Cole checks all the boxes. Blake Snell has had two Cy Young awards. 
which is great. The years in between, pedestrian. Well, gonna, Chapman gonna... is an unbelievable third baseman. He, he His offense has gone south each of the last couple of years. Each of the last couple of years. And Bellinger, he won an MVP with the Dodgers, had a great year with the Cubs. The years in between, he got released by the Dodgers. How are yep. you holding hey. out for, like, lifetime money when if, if somebody offers you what the Yankees offered Snell, reportedly, it's never been proven that they did, you got to take that, I would think. Let's see. Maybe Boris makes a fool out of all of us, and he gets these I, guys the money. I don't see it happening. I don't know, Scott, the way you do. All right? I only know from what everybody else knows. But correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny Damon was a Boris client, right? Yep. And I remember the, remember the binder. Peter, there was a binder for da- Johnny Damon. Like, Boris had a, a binder that was going to give all the numbers on why he deserved the money that he deserved. Like, mm-hmm. I think Scott Boris, there was a time where he was the smartest man in the room. And that he was going to throw numbers out on why you're all wet on this player. This is the reason why you have to pay him top dollar. I don't know if he's the smartest man in the room anymore. I think that binder that he brought to the teams for Johnny Damon, they've got bigger binders. All right, They already know these numbers. They know all the hidden stuff. Is it possible, Michael, that everybody kind of went to school and now Scott's not the smartest guy? He's still incredibly intelligent and a tremendous agent, but those little nuggets, the little piece of information that nobody else had that he had, is he walking into that meeting now and the guys that he's talking to also know all the stuff and yeah. maybe know a little bit more? There are no binders anymore. Right, that's what because I'm saying. Because every so, single team has that information, so you're not going to fool anybody into, right. or like, enlighten anybody. Because I don't remember back in the day, Michael, where Boris clients weren't getting paid. But now you're starting to see over the last couple of years, it, it's happened. That they're not getting paid or they're, they're, not getting, they're not ready for the start of the season because nobody's offering the contract that Scott wants. So... Doesn't Scott maybe have to make an adjustment on the fly that whatever he was doing still works great, but maybe not at the level that worked before? Well, I mean, we're going to see. We're going to see with with these four players exactly what they get. Greg and Tom's River. Greg? Don kind of stole my thunder. Don kind of stole my thunder, but uh, I just don't get it. These guys have either made as much money to uh, live their life and their their family's life, or they have the ability to make so much. Why wouldn't why wouldn't where you want to play play such a huge factor? And I can't see, like Don said, going somewhere for more money if you're not going to be as happy. If you have a wife, or you have kids in school, and you have some social activities around where you've been, why would you? Why would you want to go? I just don't get it. It's just it's just so much greed. But, or you, ego. but Greg, you do you do get it. I mean, you just don't agree with it. it this is how they keep score, man. This is how they prove they're better than player X or player Y or player Z. You think Mike Hampton wanted to pitch for the Rockies where pitchers go to die? No. And then he gave us this poppycock about, oh, he's doing it because they have such good, a school, good school system in Colorado. Nonsense. It's how they keep score. They want to make the most money of anybody. And then they could, they could swing it around more than anybody. And then, and then what happens in the midst of that contract when the team's dysfunctional and they're not winning? They're all looking to try to get out. Right. And in a lot of times, they're lucky enough because the team that signed them wants to get out of the contract, and they are able to deal him away. But you know, I get it, but I also understand that you know, being happy is also important. I, they're, they're letting the ego get in the way. At the end of the day, does it really matter who's the highest paid, whatever? Who's paying attention to that? Well, that's how they're happy. That's how they get yeah. happiness. I mean, I don't know if it's how they get happiness. But you know it's how they keep score. Peter, if everything's yeah, I mean, everyone, even, 
I'm going to go you... with the bigger paycheck. But but uh, Peter, would you go work at a radio station that you hated because you would be the highest paid disc jockey, the highest paid host, or would you just say, you know what, I, I want to go someplace where I'm happy? Again, I hear you, but I just think it's different, right? Because we have other things we're, we're worried about. How many people we reach? You know, is it a is it a station, a respected radio station where you could do what you? They're all well, on a similar playing field. They're well, all but, playing the game. Uh, yeah, they but need that's, to have but a that's different... not true because you know Mike Hampton went to Colorado. How did that work out? How did it work out for him in Colorado? Awful. It, it, but he it got didn't. his money. All right, but but so but at the end of the day. Is that so? I, I got paid. What are people going to remember? Well, he at least he got paid. Are they going to remember that his, his career took a nosedive because of the rarefied air out. and everything else? Like I'm just saying that sometimes you're right, Peter. I, mean, I guess that's how they, they they find their happiness, or that's how they decide success. I'm the highest paid at this, but you know, the, you, you, to go to a place where your earn run average is going to go skyrocketing and the team's not going to be competitive, and you end up hating playing there, was no, it worth it, it? They may not get it right, but yeah. All right, what we're going to do, we'll come back and we'll we'll debate another Boris client that you wonder, is he going to stay in the city where he obviously likes to play? When I'm getting ready for a game, I have to be prepared. I have my lineup cards, the latest team stats, and of course my mug of Bigelow tea. For me, it's Bigelow Earl Grey with a smooth taste that keeps my voice in peak condition, even when the game goes into extra innings. I refuse to settle, neither should you. No matter how hectic your day gets, grab your favorite Bigelow tea. Take a moment just for you. So grab a mug of your favorite Bigelow tea. Join the millions of fans that make Bigelow number one in New York. Bigelow tea, the official hot tea of the New York Yankees. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hey, buddy. Hey. Catch the show on demand wherever you want. Just subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Talking about Soto before we get to our next baseball topic. So Bob Nightingale, USA Today, talked to Manny Machado of the Padres. Talked to him about life without Juan Soto. He said, quote, we believe in the guys that we have, but obviously no one can replace Soto. He's the top player in the game. He's irreplaceable. That's why you make that deal. Now, um, David Stearns, the Mets GM, spoke yesterday in Port St. Lucie, and it got our attention what he said about Pete Alonso, who's in the final year of his contract and has hired Scott Boris to be his agent. Listen what the uh, GM said about Boris. 
we're not going to get into the specifics of any particular negotiation. Um, I'm not going to provide you guys updates on any conversations that uh, exist back and forth. But look, when you have a really talented player who's really good, who's entering his final year of club control, who happens to be represented by Scott Boris, these things generally end up into free agency. And we understand that. This is an organization that's dealt with that before with really good players, and it's ended up in a perfectly fine spot. So I have not seen Pete here yet, haven't talked to him here yet. But what we're going to talk about is, look, let's go out and have a great year together. You go out, have a great year. Let's have a great year as a team. And if we do that, we're both going to be set up. The organization and Pete going to be set up very well going into the offseason. My gut feeling, Don and Peter, Mm. is that he will not be a Met in 2025, especially if Scott digs in regarding, you know, he's kind of comparing him to Aaron Judge. And he wants about $40 million a year. Well, you look at the top paid first baseman in in the game, no one makes 30. Freddie Freeman doesn't make 30. Matt Olson doesn't make 30. None of them do. First mm. basemen are not valued the way outfielders are. And also, yeah. it's kind of tough to put him in the same um, frame of reference as Judge you know the the last year that Judge had before he became a free agent, he hit three eleven and hit sixty two home runs. Now Alonso certainly has the capability of hitting sixty home runs. I don't think he's a three hundred hitter. He hit two seventeen last year. So if Scott really thinks he's going to get forty million dollars a year for for Alonso, even if he hit sixty three home runs, I don't think it's there, Don. And again, you hire Boris to get the big money. I'm sure he could have stayed with his other agent and gotten the going rate for the top first baseman in the game. But Pete's not a great defender. He's not a great base runner. Doesn't hit for average, but is a prolific home run hitter. I'm not sure that they will sign him. Well, I I, I think they are definitely in a position. And I don't know whether this is right or wrong. I, I probably, if I had to guess, I'd say it's wrong. They're going to go strictly by what they believe somebody's worth, period. I'm not paying you a dime more than that. So it's probably good to get people prepared that he's going to walk. I don't believe in the analytic world they think about value other than what the numbers tell them. Are they thinking about his uh, ability to sell tickets? Do they think about the fact that he's the face of the franchise, the star power that he has? I I think that's important, but if you're just looking strictly at the numbers, this is how how much we feel he's worth and we're not paying a penny more, and we know his agent's going to want to get the most possible, then go have go at it. Go do it. This is what we're going to pay you. And if you want more than that, then you're going to have to go seek it elsewhere. I think that's probably good business, Michael. I, I believe it is. And, 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 you know, there's something I found out last week, and I was waiting for the right time to tell it. Here we go. You know, one thing with Judge, okay, he is beloved by his teammates. Beloved. Even before he was named captain after signing the deal, he was essentially the captain of the team. I mean, they follow his lead. They hang out with him. They they revere him. He's that sort of guy. So, you know, Pete Alonso had a, a charity dinner last year in the middle of the season. Really, it was hyped up, and obviously it's for great cause. You know how many teammates showed up? Jeff mm. McNeil. No Verlander. Wow. No Scherzer, no one. No Lindor, no one. This Jeff McNeil, 
was the only guy who showed up. Now, ironically enough, a couple of days later, Jeff McNeil had a, a dinner and only Alonzo showed up. So you're not really, uh, you could say you're the face of the team and the fans love you. Are you really the leader of the team when no one showed up? Well, this Except for sound, Jeff McNeil. It's like the the uh, Kevin Costner movie, Draft Day. Did you ever see that movie? Uh, I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. When, Costner's the agent, right? Yeah, no, Costner's the general manager of the Cleveland Browns. And, and oh, the they're GM. Dra- right, right. They're going to draft the quarterback first overall, and he makes a trade to get the first overall pick. And then the question is that he, he had a birthday party, his 21st birthday party, and none of his teammates showed up. And that was like an indicator, kind of like with Zach Wilson not being the captain at BYU. Like, is this an indicator that maybe he's not a leader, he's not a team guy? I mean, that's that's the story that I feel with Alonzo. But sometimes, Michael, do you have the right guys around them? You know, like do I do I do I blame Alonzo for that, or do I like yeah, what's going on here, guys? Oh, we got to get to the bottom of this. Find well, out. Verlander and Scherzer don't show up. Yeah, that's you know. I mean, it, come it, on. It's listen, we all we've been talking about it kind of kidding on the square, Peter Wright, for years about him being kind of awkward and so I, I could see him maybe rubbing some people in the room the wrong way. But has that affected is that the reason why they lost to the Padres in the playoffs two years ago? Is that the reason they finished under five hundred this year? Like you gotta get to the bottom of all this stuff. Uh, but there's a part of me as a Met fan, it's like, God, another all time Met. Guy the Mets drafted, groomed, star, rookie of the year. And, and, and he's going to go someplace else. Like, isn't there some value to having a forever Met, building around guys like this and Lindor? But I guess it's such a bottom line business. I, I guess you can't. If you're a general manager, you you got to think with your head, not with your heart. The things I'm saying, the things that fans say, that's with the heart. But biz, good business is not done from the heart. It's done well, with the head. He, Cohen didn't hire Stearns to throw around money. I mean. Look at the team they're putting on the field in 2020. I mean, Stearns could say they expect to play baseball in October. I don't think they are. Not with the pitching staff that they're putting together. I don't think they're that team. Uh. I mean, there's two teams that are clearly better in their division, and that's the Phillies and the Braves. And now are there two other teams that will not win the division that will be better than the Mets and get the other two wildcard spots? I think that you bring in Stearns to put your value on players. This is what we're going to give you. And if you don't want it, we'll go somewhere else. Because what what Cohen's trying to build is the Dodgers East. Now, the Dodgers spent unbelievable money on, on Yamamoto and on Shohei Otani. But you look at what they did before that. They got under the luxury tax, highly deferred deals to for, for Mookie Betts and um, uh, Freddie Freeman. Those were smart deals. That's what the Mets are trying to build. If they put a number on Pete Alonso, let's say he hits 63 home runs and breaks the all-time record, and they put a number on that, they're not going to go over it. That's not why you brought in David Stearns to to spend like a drunken sailor. I am a little bit surprised that Cohen is not going out and getting some of these players that are available where you could put them over the top and make the Mets a contender. But you look at all the deals they signed, one-year deals, two-year deals that they could get out from under them. They're trying to still get out from under Scherzer and Verlander's contract. So I, I think you bring in a guy well, like Stearns not to just throw $40 million a year at a first baseman. I don't think Alonso's going to get that. Now, unless he changes his tune and takes a lot less, but if he holds firm that he wants to get judge-type money, I don't think he's getting it from the Mets. But also particularly weird if you – you have you have Stearns there. You don't end up going out and getting any of these guys, and you don't sign Alonzo. Right. Is that what really they plan for? Would be less firepower than last year? 
that that that's a good sign. That that that's a, that's a good point. Where if if you don't get so, I mean, I think that they're trying to get the money off the, because they're, they're the second highest paid payroll in baseball. So if you don't get Soto next year, or you don't get big players that are going to be, I mean, the the pitchers that are available next year are great, great pitchers. Like Walker Bueller is going to be available. That that's where you have to spend your money. But they haven't spent a dime yet, and they didn't get Yamamoto who they went all out for. They didn't get him, just like the Yankees didn't get him. And they said, okay, that's a, a difference maker. We'll pay that kind of money for him. I don't think they look at Alonso that way. Well, I just don't. And I guess at the end of the day, we'll find out if that's the right way or the wrong way. I mean, when I look at a guy that can go out there and hit 50 home runs and drive in 120 RBIs, I, I can't imagine that doesn't help your team. He's gotten better defensively at first base. I, I, that wouldn't help the Mets. Like Peter said, now i got to go out and find somebody who's going to hit 50 home runs and drive in 120 RBIs. I might find somebody that has a better on-base percentage, but am I going to find somebody that's going to you know go out there and drive in that many runs and hit that many home runs? Probably not. Now, if everybody's working from the same template, right? So if the Mets don't believe he's worth whatever he's asking for, you would think other organizations would think the same thing. And that's probably worth the risk. All right, Pete, if you think you can go and get it, get it. Because really the only team that can value him like, are, are the Mets. Because they're the ones that are looking at it. I, I, don't, know, I don't know if the, the Detroit Tigers think they're going to sell many tickets getting Pete Alonzo. I can see Mets fans maybe have, the Cubs. Maybe the Cubs. I don't know that. And I can see, tra- see the Mets trading with the trade deadline, Don. Well, but, but that's the smart thing to do is ultimately if this team is not good – but he's having a phenomenal year. You trade him, and then he becomes a free agent just like he was going to become a free agent anyway. And right. then if you want him, then you bid for him, and then maybe you get him back, and then you have the assets that you that you got in the trade for him, like what the Yankees did with Chapman. That that would be the smart thing to do if you know he's not going – you're not going to give him more just because you want to keep him a forever Met. So, But how will that age to the general public? Because it is a business after all. If he ends up signing with another team for like a pittance more than what the Mets offered him and the Mets weren't willing to give that little extra because the fans wanted him and because they have a chance to make him a forever Met, how will the Met fan react to that? They're not going to be happy. The whole well, I mean, the this, reason this they isn't... wanted Steve Cohen was because he was going to go the extra mile. If he want, if if he signed someplace for $42 million a year and the Mets offer was forty. Uh, how do you think the Mets fans going to react to that? Well, I mean, we keep saying that players don't get Scott Boris unless they want top dollar. You don't wait and wait and wait and 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 have you know a potential Hall of Fame level manager fired by bringing David Stearns to just have him spend and spend and spend. This is a guy who you really work miracles with a, a small market team, and that's a guy that but, Steve Cohen wanted. But the whole idea, even even like, but you're not a small market team. So that's what I'm asking you, Michael. If he, if he, I don't get, I don't know what the money, what he's going to be asking for. Uh, let's say the Mets offer him forty a year, and he wants fifty. Well, if another team gives him fifty, okay, I guess the fans can. Hey, listen, I'm not going to pay him ten million dollars more than you think he's worth. But if he goes and signs with the Cubs for forty-one million a year, and you weren't willing to go that little extra, that's going to tick the fans off. Then they'd be like, "What do we have Steve Cohen for?" You, you sit. You're sitting there pinching pennies like we're a small market team. You couldn't you couldn't overvalue him just a little bit to be able to make the fans happy? $10 million I get, but it ends up being like a, a smidge more just to be able to stay on your ground. 
How do you think that's going to age in New York? Well, I, I think good good organizations don't bend like that, except in extraordinary circumstances. And I think the Yankees gave Judge more than they wanted to because of how important he was to the team. I think the Mets have to sit there and go, how important is Alonzo to this fan base? You think they love him, Don? Do you think the fan base of the Mets loves him? I, I don't think they love him to the level of, of Aaron Judge, but... Michael, he's their star. I mean, it, it's him and Lindor. All right, the, so let's say you lose him and you bring in Soto. They'll forget. Yeah, well, well, well for sure. But let's see them do that. You know, you're not going to do I mean, it. It just it's another great Met that ends up not staying with the Mets. It, it's and again, I don't understand all the analytics, but I just find it difficult to believe a guy that can hit 50 home runs and drive it in 120 RBIs can't help your team. Peter, speaking of help, you've got something to tell us. Oh, that was a seamless segue. Yeah. Um, it's a message from BetterHelp. So, guys, if you've been thinking about therapy, BetterHelp is such a great, great option for you. Maybe you want to work on your work ethic. You know, you're struggling to sort of get it together and motivate. Or maybe you're having relationship problems. You, maybe you just want to be a better parent at home to your family. Whatever it may be, BetterHelp can be the place to help you. By the way, it is so hard to go out there and find a therapist these days. Well, it's not hard at BetterHelp. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient. It's flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Peter today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Peter. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Well, that's awesome. Looking for more access to the show? That's right, man. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TMKS ESPN. Don LaGreca's birthday. He's uh, 58 today, so happy no, birthday. 56. I'm sorry. Why'd you do that? Why'd he do that? He's a bad guy. Yeah, he does it intentionally. No, no, I just, I'm not good with numbers. You know, like, you remember when I said, I'm 57, I'll be 53 on Saturday? True, but in this case, it just doesn't feel legit. Let's go to Dave in Florida. Dave. Hey, Michael. Happy birthday, Don. Thank you, sir. Uh, qu- question for you. The, the Yankees ought to say that is pro with Soto. At the end of the year, everybody's happy. Off from 15 years, 550. That's only $37 million a year. That's enough. I, I, well, listen, 10's <laughs> enough, Dave, but you don't think he's going to want to be the highest-paid player in baseball? The guy on his team makes 40. Okay, and he's, well. And he's, and he's 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay, what how about Chapman? Yeah. How about Chapman? Five years, one twenty-five, and then Snell, six years, one hundred and eighty. So, what do you want the payroll to be, Dave? I'm just curious. Well, we're over the cap already, so. But okay, so what would you like the payroll to be? Over four hundred million. Well, you're going to get rid of Stanton here in uh, two years. No, no, four years. He's got four years, including this one left. Yeah, the oh, contract will never end. Oh, yeah. Sure. All right, Dave, thank you for the phone call. Good stuff, though, I know what people are going to say. 
Well, the Yankees make so much money. But the last time I checked, uh, Peter, you always you can check me on this. Like Apple doesn't give away phones. They charge a thousand bucks for a phone, and they make a lot of money. And Amazon doesn't deliver packages for free. They they actually make money despite the fact that they print money. So you can't just because the Yankees make a lot of money, they're not going to put a payroll in the stratosphere. You can't have an all star at every position. Let's sign Chapman. Let's sign Snell. Let's bring in Montgomery. Hey, why don't we bring in Bellinger? He could play on Judge's shoulders in center field. I mean, stop, stop. You know, there's another way to do it, people. Like it's it's amazing. They don't want to buy championships, but then at the end of the day, just go out and get all the best players. Well, why not just if you if you draft well and you groom young players and you and and if Volpe turns out to be a star, Michael, you have him on the cheap. You were able to get all that production out of Judge before you had to pay him. And that that's a good way to do it, too. I, it I, have do, to be, I that, do love Dave, who seemed like a sweet guy. Oh, that's enough. Well, that's not how they do it. Because if it's just, you know, what's enough, you can make $5 yeah. million and I think, get by. You know, somebody, I want to try to be able to give them credit. Um, I was looking at the the tweets of comparing what uh, what's going on with Alonzo and the Mets to Saquon. And, and there are some similarities. That's a good point. You know, it, it, you know, it's a it's a popular player, but the organization doesn't value the player the way the fans do. Who was it, Anthony? That'd be Ken Rosek. Yeah, Ken Rosek. I mean, that's a, that's a great uh, parallel. I think I think Saquon's probably more popular to Giant fans than than Peters well, and, than Mets fans, but but but, but and, it's probably negligible. Nay, I'm going to say, I think Saquon's definitively more popular, but I think even bigger than that. He's definitively, definitively more popular in the locker room. Right. But he may be the most loved player on that team. But I think Alonzo's been more productive. Fair. Because he's healthy. healthy. He's He's always healthy. He's been able to stay healthy. He's put up some incredible numbers. But there are similarities. You know, both were rookies of the year. You know, both are very popular among the fan base, and both are just not valued as much by their organizations. Now, the difference is that everybody seems unified in the NFL. But will everybody be unified on the Mets feeling on Alonzo on, on the baseball side of things? Or will there be a team that will give him what he wants? All it takes is one dumb owner because all that's all it has to take in a non-cap sport. Football, they're reined in. They have guardrails because of that cap. There's just so much you know that running backs get. But there could be one team that's desperate. I want a, I want a first baseman that hits me 50 home runs. And they decide to pay that money. That's what you have to deal with in baseball. You don't have to deal with it in the NBA and the NHL yeah. and, and the NFL. You just don't. But it does feel like that these analytic-driven organizations, and it seems like there's way more of them than not, kind of have a self-imposed cap. I don't want to pay anybody more than I think they are valued because then that's that's very dangerous territory. If you give to one, then you got to give to another. So there may not be a salary cap, Michael, but I think these teams have have almost put a self-imposed cap, at least on certain types of players. Yeah, they, they look at the top salaries of the top players at that position, and they say, we're not going to blow through that. Although, you know, you did mention Steve Cohen blew through it when he signed uh, Scherzer, and when he signed Verlander, blew right through it. Went $7 million yeah. above what the highest paid guy was right. and rearranged the salary structure. But he didn't get David Stearns to do that because he's he's not spending money this offseason, Don. Because if he spent a lot of money again, they'd be a much better team than they are. Much better. There's a big fear of mine with the Knicks, and it's not about a bad call yesterday. It goes deeper than that. 
We'll talk about that in just a moment. Hey, do you want to experience an inflammation of money and happiness? Watch your bank account grow with an extra pep in your step. Catch Jovia-itis, a side effect of not-for-profit banking with Jovia Financial Credit Union. When you bank with Jovia, you may see an increase in savings, growing checking account balances, and reduce rates on loans. Symptoms may include greater happiness, reduced stress, and general feelings of financial freedom. Join Jovia and start spreading the wealth. Well, getting engaged will be one of the most exciting times of your life, and the winning team at London Jewelers is there to help you pop the question. The cutting-edge technology and trained professionals at London Jewelers can help you select a ring from their 2 by London collection or design the absolute perfect ring at any budget. So whether you're starting out or starting over, let the engagement experts at London Jewelers help you. Visit London Jewelers at any of their seven locations, including Americana Manhasset and the Mall at Short Hills. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.